What's up, world? Welcome to the Melanin Money Show, the official destination for personal finance, entrepreneurship, and wealth building for melanin millionaires. We will teach you the tools, the tips, the tactics, the hacks, and strategies you need to learn to become financially free so that you can be the wealth starter and legacy lever for your family. And I'm your host, George Action Palm, accompanied by co-host Jacqueline Shattuck and Carter Cofield. If you're ready to begin your journey to become a melanin millionaire, tune in, take notes, and let's go. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Melanin Money Show. So this is a good one, man. Uh, this is our first episode post uh, the equity experience in Charlotte, which was a vibe. So for those of y'all who got a chance to tap in, appreciate y'all for coming. For those who have, have watched the episodes who didn't get a chance to come, we, you know, we took care of y'all and we documented the process. So y'all got a chance to at least virtually feel like you were part of the experience. And so, man, I'm, I'm excited to jump back in the saddle. How y'all feeling? I'm feeling um, amazing. Yeah, happy to be here, man. The event was dope. And the content we got from the event was crazy. So if you ain't see it yet, like go to YouTube, stop playing yourself, check out those high quality episodes and the high quality recap and do yourself a favor. Like don't miss the next one, right? Don't right. You know, don't, don't cheat yourself, treat yourself. Be at the next one, y'all. Come on, let's get it. Mm-hmm. Indeed, indeed, man. And let, let us know for those who are listening, for our OGs, okay? If you're watching on YouTube, put OG in the comments so we can recognize you. But for those who made it to the live taping, make sure that you go to Apple Podcasts and leave us a review. Let us know you were at the live taping because we see you. We're looking for you, right? And we want to recognize you guys. So what do we have for him today, George? That's a whole fact. So guys, we have... All of the things, all of the things, right? So actually, where this topic came from is a buddy of mine reached out to me via text or DM. He was like, you got any content on like transitioning from entrepreneur, I mean, from being a working professional to entrepreneurship? He, he, he ain't your buddy if you have to DM you, bro. So it was, a, it was, a, it was, a... <laughs> it was someone who I was become acquainted with online. Yeah, there you go, there you go. Right. And uh, I was like, yeah. Um, well, I do, but I was like, you know what? It'd be a great topic for us to talk about on the podcast. So why not talk about it on the podcast? And so we are going to talk about how to start transitioning or thinking about transitioning from your nine to five as an employee to being an entrepreneur. And I kind of want to set the tone here because I feel like sometimes people always think the transition is from bad to good, right? When the real truth is a lot of times you're comfortable. You're in a good place. And the transition is like, dang, like, how do I leave this comfortable position to do what I know that I'm called to do? Because it's not always just like that. This the story of that you're doing bad. Some of y'all making six figures in your job and you're just scared to let that go to venture into something. Right. So I want to make sure I set the tone there because it's not this entrepreneurship versus being an employee. It's more about like, if you know you're called to do something different, how do you start to wrap your head around making that transition successfully? Yeah, and 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 comfort is honestly, in my opinion, worse than being at a job you're miserable at. Like if you're in yeah. a job you're miserable at, you count down the days, right? Yeah. If you're comfortable, right, that's that's the bigger enemy of of you actually making a decision and actually doing something you're called to do. And I think that this is a perfect topic stepping into a new year for people to start, you know, 
doing the due diligence and deep diving in themselves. Like, hey, am I doing what I want to do? Am I called to do something greater? If I am, how do I transition out this comfortable position and mm-hmm. get uncomfortable so that I can have what like is truly desired for me to have out of life? So I think this is the perfect time to do this episode. I think it's a perfect segue to let people know this is not just for the people that hate their jobs. This is for the people who might also like their job, but might know that they can, instead of doing something that they like, they can do something that they love, which I think is the goal for everybody. Mm. Absolutely. So Absolutely. So let's get long into it. Let's story get into short. It. Long, long story short, I'm just letting the people know there's a millionaire inside of you. So if you're listening to this episode and you're like, hey, you know, I feel like I'm meant for something else. I feel like I may be meant for a little bit more responsibility. I deserve a little bit more autonomy. There's a millionaire in you. OK, so let's see if we can help transition you into that person. Big facts, big facts, big facts. All right, so let's get into it. All right, so one of the first ones that comes to mind for me is that it gets worse before it gets better. <laughs> talk about it. Jesus, right? talk about it. It gets worse before it gets better. Because here's the thing. At your job, you are one person in one department doing one thing, right? When you become an entrepreneur from the beginning, unless you're starting with, which we'll kind of talk about, unless you're starting with some capital, some, some shekels, as they like to say, right? Yeah. So scratch. And even if you are, you're going to be all things to everyone. You're going to be sales. You're going to be marketing. You're going to be operations, right? You're going to be client success, customer service. You're going to be everything. So if you just do the math, right? You're going, this whole idea of working for myself and I'm my own boss and I work when I want to work. You're your own boss. You're your own employee. You're your own, yeah. <laughs> like you're your own manager. You know what I'm saying? Right. <laughs> like your own bookkeeper. Yeah, you're like yeah, all right. of that. But you're hold on everything. really Hold, yeah. hold on really quick before we deep dive to it. So I've been an entrepreneur for like, I want to say forever, right? Like I have the stories that go way back to the, you know, things that you did for money, right? But it's been two mm-hmm. years without a W-2. So what's the timeline for y'all? Timeline, uh, man. Um, 2017 for me, so it's going on six 20, years. 2011? 2011. Yeah. Oh, oh, gee. Well, yeah. We'll we'll leave most episode to you. Bro. Yeah, you, got, you, got, you got a decade in the game, man. Yeah, yeah. Twenty eleven, man. It was okay. Just to give y'all some context, like we've been through this. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. yeah so average, average, this average like, five years. This like an entrepreneur <laughs> therapy session. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. More than anything, like to reflect <laughs> on the ebbs and flows, the highs and lows of, of entrepreneurship. But yeah, it gets worse before it gets better, right? So I want to set that tone because when I first got into entrepreneurship, right, I was more so in business by for myself and not by myself, right? So I didn't have to like create a brand at first. I was working at a financial services company where I was 100% commission, um, no salary, no base, and I had to build my own book of business. But I kind of could lean on the, the brand and credibility of that of that uh, organization. So when I started working there, they sold me on this idea. They were like, you can make as much as you want to make. You can be your own boss. And those are all true. Like they're all true. But they didn't tell me about the fact that like, hey, you eat what you kill. Right. And you don't get money doesn't hit your bank account until you make it. So it's not like your job every week or every two weeks, whatever, regardless if you had a good week or a bad week, you getting paid. And that was my wake up call in entrepreneurship. So I had been at that company. I was at that company for like three and a half weeks or something like that. And I went to the sales manager's office. And I was like, hey, man, <laughs> I was like, I hadn't, I hadn't got a paycheck. I mean, nothing deposited yet. And he kind of just like smirked at me. He was just like, he's like, yeah, I mean, he's like, well, the only way you get paid is if you produce. It doesn't matter if you just show up. Right. He's like, you got to go do something. You got to go make some money. I was like, yeah, but I have been. I've been coming in the office. I'm talking to clients, having meetings. Like, but did you close a deal? I was like, well, not yet, but I still need to get paid. He's like, young grasshopper. And I like to learn, right? 
And so no one told me that like, hey, you got to come into this thing prepared. You got to have some capital reserves, right? Because I started at 23 at the time, 24. And so I'm just, I'm just gung-ho. I'm ready to go. Luckily, I didn't have many responsibilities. So I was cool. But it was a challenge to overcome the fact that, man, you mean to tell me every two weeks something ain't coming? Like, unless I make it come? Pause. Um, so, <laughs> I was going to get, he had two seconds before I stopped you, bro. You know what I'm saying? So, like, I have to find a way. So I said to say, like, guys, now that we can reflect on that, make sure you start your journey with some capital reserves, Right. So that you're not like pressured to make money from day one. Because if you are on top of like getting your brand off the ground, getting your business off the ground, it's going to be heavy because you already got enough stuff to deal with. So just make sure that you start with a little cushion and prepare yourself because you're not going to start making money from day one unless, right, you've already have a side hustle and you already started that before you transit, which is- All right, say, slow down. So now you're, you're getting into my lane, you know? Okay, cool. Yeah, 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 yeah I was saying, like, your, 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 your tip was, was what? It's good, we get worse before it gets better. Stay there, okay? okay. Let, me, let, me, let me take over from here. Now, okay, okay, so, <laughs> and I'll hand it off to Carter. Let's talk about his, his, his yeah. topic. Yeah, but real quick, just to piggyback on your uh, topic, it's gonna get worse before it gets better. I didn't get my first client to four months into my- business, right? And thank God I had a mentor that set the stage and say like, hey, um, he was a Harvard Business School grad. He said, hey, I didn't get my client for the first at least at six months of business, so just be prepared for that. So at least I went in knowing not to expect to get my first deal for a couple couple months or a couple of weeks. So it gave me the, the threshold to kind of measure myself against, right? So I think that it's going to get worse before it gets better. So my um, strategy or, 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 or tip is to stack your chips and cut your expenses, right? So for me, I remember like yesterday, I called my sister and I was like, yo, like, do you think I'll make it if I quit my job? She was like, yeah, I mean, like everybody else in the family entrepreneurs was, was waiting on you. I was like, oh, okay, cool. <laughs> but she was like, make sure you have your stuff together because it's, be it's gonna be a rocky road. So what I did is I saved up $13,000 and about a month before I quit, I reviewed all of my expenses and cut it and cut anything I didn't need. So extra cable, extra phone plan, all, all that stuff I didn't need, I cut my expenses. And then I tried to find any supplemental income I could to like close that gap by as much as possible. What's up, guys? Have you ever been just like chilling on the couch and trying to find something to watch on Netflix and you're browsing, you're scrolling and you just can't seem to find anything that you either one haven't already watched or just doesn't seem that interesting? Well, I have the solution for you, because if you're listening to the Melanin Money Show, then I know that you care about taking your financial life to the next level. And that's exactly why we created Financial Flicks. So instead of Netflix and chill, you can Financial Flicks and chill and you can find on-demand videos across personal finance, wealth building and entrepreneurship. And right now you can test drive Financial Flicks for just a dollar by clicking the link in the show notes. Go to melaninmoney.com forward slash financial flicks and check out all of the on-demand videos we have plus all the other features that you'll get access to by joining today so i had thirteen thousand dollars saved up i cut expenses and then i started renting my car out on turo so with all those things combined i had a net thousand dollar difference so bearing i did anything stupid i would survive for 13 months if i made no money right I had $13,000 saved, had $1,000 gap between my revenue and my expenses. So barring anything stupid, I was going to, you know, if I didn't make a dollar in 13 months, worst case scenario, I'll go back to work. Mm -hmm. What that did for me is it took the pressure off me having to make a sale the first month, the first, the second month, the third, the fourth month in business. And it allowed me 
to take the needed time to build my brand, to build my business, to build my strategy, to build my marketing plan. And um, because entrepreneurship is hard enough as it is, if you have paying bills on your mm. back, on top of building the business, on top of doing being in six roles at one time, you're not going to be able to carry that weight. I don't care how mm-hmm. much you bench, I don't care how much you squat. If you got the if you got the the bearing of starting a business and paying rent, my brother, queen, like you ain't gonna be able to take it. So I suggest you nice. stack your chips and cut expenses um, before quitting, so that you don't have to build a business and pay bills at the same time. What you should have said is, is I encourage you not to have too much dip on your chip. <laughs> <laughs> nah, but nah, that's a good. That's I a think, good tip. That's a good tip. Nah, that's that's solid. Was I the only like corporate thug who was was building a business and doing the W two at the same time? That's maybe, guess, maybe. Yeah, yeah, I, smart, I was I was young and dumb. I didn't know anything. So, like it was, it was like blissful ignorance. You know what I mean? So this is what I was doing, and um, <laughs> shout out to that W two I had. Ooh, I'm mess it up for anybody who comes behind me. But um, I would work right regular financial planning job. And in the building that I worked in, there was a cafe down at the bottom. So once I started getting like clients on the side, I would meet them at the cafe on the bottom. In the building that you worked in? In the building that I worked in. Like another episode. Yeah. And I would just, I was like, I would kind of keep an eye out. Like, is somebody, somebody from my job coming? Like, "Mm, I might have to dip back to the bathroom or something. But I was so, so my my whole entire thought process was I was like, well, why do I have to start from zero? So like, I've never been a start from zero kind of person, which is nothing wrong with that. But I'm just saying my tip is to start thinking like an entrepreneur before you are actually an entrepreneur. Right. So I was thinking, I was like, okay, what can I do for my brand? Right. How can I get my brand out there? Oh, write a book. Right. That's solid. Okay. Write a book, start getting some speaking engagement, start getting out there. Oh, let me just start getting clients before I really fully launched. And so I just was like, let me just start thinking like I'm already that person. And so that's my recommendation for y'all is to start embodying that person. Right. That's why we say all the time, future millionaires stand up. Right. That's Mm -hmm. why we refer to y'all as millionaires, because you need to start embodying that's who you are. Right. Right. So my my tip is to start thinking like that person. What does that person do? I think that that person says, "Okay, I understand that it's going to get worse before it gets better. So I'm going to start emotionally preparing for that. I think that person says as a business owner doesn't have a lot of cash flow. I need to figure out how to cut my expenses. Like my personal and my business expenses need to be separate, but at the end of the day, I still need to survive. So how can I cut my expenses by as much as possible? I think that's how that entrepreneur starts to think. Right. So that would be my recommendation. Big facts, big facts. And so another one that I really like that was eye opening for me is business revenue versus the amount of money you pay yourself. Right. So you might have a six figure job. Right. So you're thinking, well, if I make a hundred thousand, if I'm making a hundred thousand in my job, I make a hundred thousand in my business, I'm lit. Okay. Okay. Cool. Cool. Cool thought. Let me break down to you why you might want to expand upon that thought process. Right. So as an employee, you got Uncle Sam's going to take his off the top. Right. And then everything else gets deposited in your bank account. And then that's what you have to live your life. You can live your life on 100% of that. Now, of course, we're going to recommend that you save and invest and build wealth and do all that stuff. Right but that's yours for your lifestyle. As an entrepreneur, that same $100,000 is, is cut up in a lot of different ways, right? Number one, you got to keep the lights on for the business. Your business got expenses and you got expenses. So first and foremost, you got to keep the lights on for the business. What are those core expenses you're going to have? 
Maybe you got the free Zoom account in the beginning, but maybe it's Zoom. Maybe it's <laughs> hey, that that meet cutting off every thirty minutes. Every, yeah, <laughs> hold on, keep, hold, okay. yeah, y'all log back in. <laughs> right, right. Um, so maybe it's Zoom. Maybe it's a CRM system. Maybe it's a tech software. But you're gonna have some baseline expenses, right, for your business. That's that's one chunk of it. Then you have to have some some money tucked aside for growth, right? Because you don't want it to just be you the whole time. So it's like, how am I going to grow? I got to spend money, a little money on marketing. Maybe I'm getting a VA in the Philippines at some point, right? So you got to look at some of that money for like growth. How do I get out of it? Just me being a solopreneur, right? And then three, then that's when you can carve out a percentage that you can allocate towards yourself, right? I'm just being very high level, right? I'm not going into like the whole profit first methodology because this is for people who are just trying to transition. So when you think about it just on a high level, those are three areas that you got to chop up that same hundred thousand. So making a hundred thousand in your business ain't it, right? It's a great start. It's a great milestone. Pat yourself on the back, but you got to think bigger because you need those resources to sustain your business and to grow your business, right? And so like when you hear people say six-figure business, six-figure business, you cannot think about that like a six-figure job. It is different. And I'm just here to tell you this so you guys don't have to go through the same pain that maybe some of us went through when we didn't know this, right? Because what ha- will happen is you think you've reached a big milestone and now you're kind of basing, you know, it's almost like the person who thinks like a seven figures or a million dollars is like the end all be all until you make a million dollars, right? And it's like, ooh, okay, well, there, there, there's, there's levels, right? So I don't want you guys to think that that's where it stops because you have to grow the business, right? And you have to keep the lights on and then you can reserve some, self, some money for yourself. So don't even expect to have like, the same lifestyle, right? When you're an entrepreneur, just even if you're making the same money from a revenue standpoint, a lot of that money is your business's money. It's not your money. So just remember that going into it so that you can reverse engineer, well, what should my revenue target be based upon the amount of money that I want and desire to pay myself? Love it, man. I love it. And I, I was gonna say the the sky's the limit, right? Like you don't become an entrepreneur to only make six figures. Let's Mm -hmm. be realistic. So. I want to encourage you guys on that point to to shoot for the stars, right? Sometimes we think like, oh, okay, let's make six figures. But it's like, "Mm, what if you really could make seven figures with that same thing, right? Mm -hmm. So like, I would just want to encourage you guys to just, you know, shoot for more, right? That's why we become entrepreneurs. Big facts. Real quick, Carter, before you go, I want to say this real quick. You made me think about something. So like, that's a very good point. So like, when you think about it, you don't start a business to do something that somebody else could pay you. That was was my, my whole thinking. Right. I didn't want to, if somebody, somebody could pay me a hundred thousand. Somebody could pay me a quarter million. Right. I didn't want to start a business to where basically I could go get a job and be way less stressed. Right. And I'm making the same amount of money. Right. With three times the amount of effort. So just think about it like that. It's like, don't start a business that you could just basically go get a job and make the same thing because it's not worth Like, I'm going to be real with you. It's not worth it. Right. There's way more responsibilities, way more that you have to think about. Like, Set your, like Jacqueline says, set your heights on bigger, seven, multi-seven, eight figures. Like set your height, your sights on something much bigger because you should start a business because you're unemployable, right? Well, I had to start a business. You can't, you can't pay me that. <laughs> like what you, what you yeah. want me to do? I'm sorry. Like, matter of fact, fun, fun fact, if you made over, how much they pay? I think um, the salary for Disney CEO is like just a little north over a million dollars. Whatever reason, I'm not sure why so low. 
But like some of y'all can make more than the CEO of Disney. Yeah, because that's his salary, though. He's got options in the company. Right, of course. Like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. It still, yeah, it still yeah. felt good when but, I saw it. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do a little, you know, Mickey Mouse ain't got nothing on me. You know what I'm saying? Right, right, right. But right. um, but no, I think that I think that's vital, man. I think it's important. We're not getting into this to make. I mean, not shutting on six figures, but like again, if I can go make a two hundred thousand dollars salary working a job, I don't want two hundred thousand dollars in my business. At least with that salary, all that money's mine. Um, so I think that's good. So I'm gonna double down on my. Kind of like on my previous point, and that is before you leave your job, I want you to get as much credit as possible, mm, right? Like while you still have that W-2 income, like I want you to go apply for as many credit cards as possible, whether that's personal. I want you to have your LLC created so you can you can get business funding as well as people are like, well, how do I get business funding if my business has no income? Most a lot mm-hmm. of business credit cards look at your personal. Uh, as a personal guarantor. And if you have a job still, they'll approve you. So I, what I'm recommending people do and what I did, I not only applied for every credit card I can find, I called my current credit cards and asked to them to double my um, my uh, available credit. And here's a quick hack. Right. If you call your personal credit card company and you ask them that you want a, a, to double your line of credit for home renovations, and you say you make less than $130,000, they won't even check it. So if you if you call your, I'm, I'm about to do this tomorrow, I think. Um, no, I'll probably do it on Tuesday. I'm going to call every single personal credit card company I have and say, hey, I love your credit card. I want to use your credit card for um, renovations, right, uh, on my home. And I, I need to double in my, in my credit limit. They're not even going to check if you own a home, right? If you say you make under $130,000, they're just going to either approve you or deny you or give you an increase, maybe not double it. So I've been doing this every year and I'll probably extend my credit by 100 to $200,000 every time I do this. So I would recommend you all do this and then get as much credit as possible. Because again, if you have savings and you have credit, when you're starting your business, it's going to be, you're going to be way less stressed. I went $32,000 in, in the hole after like the first eight months in my in my business, because I was just spending a lot on building my brand and my network, but I wasn't tripping because I had like hundred k in available credit. So I think everybody that's a must do while you're still employed get as much credit as possible, and then go into entrepreneurship using other people's money and kind of not your own. What's going on, guys? George Pong here, and I am the founder of Melanin Money, the number one brand for wealth builders of color. You know, I look at wealth building like a sport. In every sport, you got to have a uniform. And so what is the official uniform for wealth builders of color? That's where Melanin Money comes in. So if you go to MelaninMoney.com and use code MELANIN15, you'll get 15% off your order of the entire store. And I think you're going to absolutely love our latest additions, right? It's literally a um, productized emotion of what it feels like to build black wealth, right? But you get to wear it. Um, You get to share the world, like your hard work that you're doing on this journey of building wealth. And we can't wait for you to join Team Black Wealth by shopping melaninmoney.com. Big bags. Big bags. That's good. That's good. good. Don't don't let that go over y'all's heads, though. Don't, because we're so scared of credit. We're so Mm -hmm. scared of debt. But every company in the S&P 500 carries debt, Okay. So there's got to be something that they're doing right that we're not doing as small business owners, right? Like you can't go anywhere in Atlanta without seeing a Coke symbol, a Coke sign, a Coke billboard, right? And there's a reason why they advertise their business, right? There's a reason why they invest in their business. And there was something I was talking about earlier. I've heard this from a lot of female entrepreneurs that like, 
we can't live a soft life as a as a businesswoman. Have y'all heard that? I'm speaking. Yeah, I've heard that. Mm -hmm. So I don't agree with that. I think that living a soft life, if you first define it, a soft life is a life of peace, ease, and comfort, right? Like the opposite of a soft life is a hard life. Nobody wants to live a life that is not full of ease, that's not peaceful, right? That's uncomfortable. You don't get into entrepreneurship to live a very uncomfortable life. There's a period of time where you're absolutely going to be uncomfortable, right? Like for you, Carter, it was that 13 months. You're like, okay, I'm giving myself 13 months basically to kind of like figure it out. And that's the really uncomfortable phase. And you're like, if I, if I don't figure it out, I go back to work. So I'm saying that for a lot of people, living a soft life is about making the right choices. Sometimes we make choices that make our life hard. So in this instance, if you're transitioning from employee to entrepreneur, make the choices that allow you to have a softer life in this transition. Go get the credit that's going to work for you. Stop spending extra money on things that you don't really need and start cutting your expenses so that you can make this transition easier, right? The transition is really only as hard as you make it, right? If you have the proper cushioning, you have the actual plan in place, you've thought about it, you've positioned yourself properly, you've built up your credit, that's going to allow you to live a softer life as, as an entrepreneur. So I don't think that we all have to live hard lives because we're entrepreneurs. I should not agree with that. I think that there's some truth to that for sure. And definitely with the context that you laid out, what I can say over my, my 10 years of being in the game is that you're 100% right as it relates to like, you can really make some proactive decisions to make your, your, your landing soft and to make it smoother. What I will say is that what, what happens in entrepreneurship, for because if you decide to be an entrepreneur in the first place, you're somebody who you always had that itch for more. And you're kind right? of like, I'm pretty sure we all can relate to this, where your first goal in entrepreneurship was, I want to make six figures. You hit it. It's like, ooh, well, now I want to make seven. Ooh, ooh, now I want to make eight. So like, what's going to happen is every time that you want to grow, you're going to experience growing pains. So no matter how much like how long you've been in the game, if you have that itch to where I'm always want to stretch myself, there's always going to be seasons like five years in, 10 years in, 15 years in, where it's going to be seasons of challenge. But I think it's important to your point to be intentional about how you approach it so that you can, the things that are unavoidable, I mean, the things that are avoidable, right? Like there's some pains that we go through that are, that are avoidable that you can be more proactive about it. But at a, at a high level though, if, you have, if you're committed to growth, it's always going to be painful. It's like the gym, right? I think I gave this analogy a few episodes ago. Uh, I think it's before y'all had met, well, Jacqueline, you knew who Kyle was. But I think Carter, before you had met Kyle, so it's probably funnier now. But like, we were working out together and I was doing like 90 pound dumbbells and maybe he was doing 60 or 50, whatever it was. And I was struggling like he was struggling, but I was just doing more weight, right? And so it's the same thing in entrepreneurship. It's like, if you're committed to growth, you're going to struggle. It's just going to look different. Like I, I, I started to understand what like, you know, the song more money, more problems, right? You just, it's just, it's, it's different. You know what I mean? Like in the beginning, I look back to my, some of my early entrepreneur days when I'm going through those moments, I'm like, man, I thought that was a problem. And that was, that was smooth sailing. That yeah. Was yeah. Easy. Compared to this, like this, you know this what I mean? You're in, you're in tax problem. Oh, Right. You know what I'm saying? Let me get yeah. this together. Or, or people that are depending upon you. You got to yeah. put like, you know what I'm saying? Like you can't never take that for granted. Hey, you have people but like, I don't, but I don't know. Yeah, but I don't agree that being an employee allows you to live a soft life. That's not the case at all. You, you're an employee. You're dealing with other problems. You're feeling oh, absolutely. restricted. You're feeling constrained. You're dealing with people you don't want to work with. Like, there's, I don't think it has to do with your employment status as to whether you have a soft life or not. Yeah. 
My thing is if if, if life has is if it's gonna be hard either way, like leave me, yeah. give, give me the highest ceiling, bro. Like you know what I'm saying? Like Facts. if I if I'm if I'm gonna be struggling either way, like give, give me give me the highest ceiling. So I think it's just important mm-hmm. for everybody to understand, like, yeah, we you know we're giving you the strategies and we're like we're trying to give you the honest look at entrepreneurship because yes, it's it's sunny days and it's beautiful skies and it's planes and it's private jets and it's traveling whatever you want to. But it's also like an iceberg mentality where you see the success, but you don't see the sleepless nights, the hard work, the stress, the anxiety, the family members depending on you, the payroll, right? right. So just we were trying to give you all an overall a balanced, a balanced yeah. look at entrepreneurship. Um, and with that being said, <clears> if, I, if I may, I think that, the, you know, another strategy I want to give people is understand how taxes work for an employee versus entrepreneur, right? I, I would be remiss, yeah. I would be remiss yeah. if I didn't go over taxes in this episode, right? So when you're an employee, right. it's smooth sailing. They take taxes out of your paycheck before you get paid because the government doesn't trust you doing it on your own. And then whatever you money you get uh, after your paycheck, you get to keep. Entrepreneurship don't work like that, bro. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, again, you're the CFO, you're the CEO, you're the bookkeeper of your business when you start out. So you have to, it's up to you to allocate a certain amount of money to your future tax bill because nobody's saving your taxes for you. So one of the things I recommend, open a separate account, put about 20 to 25% of all the money you make in, in that year into mm-hmm. that tax account so you can have money for a future tax bill. But just understand how taxes work, how money works for entrepreneurs versus employees. I just remember yeah. not to give that. Yeah, and we'll, and we'll do an episode on that. I think that'd be good to do an episode on like how to organize your money as, like, as an entrepreneur. Um, it'd be great to talk about that. But um, to Jacqueline's point, which actually is a great segue to my next point. Um, is start with the end in mind, right? So because you are not a, you're not going to start this as a struggling entrepreneur who was forced into it, right? You're going to make this smooth landing into entrepreneurship, right? Start with the end in mind so that you can have a soft, right? A softer, softer journey or soft life, right? It's like, okay, what do I want my business to look like? Because you have to have what I like to call business and lifestyle alignment. Carter has always been really good at this, um, but it's just like, you have to like, if you know that you want to continue to travel, right, you can't have a business where your clients got to walk into your door, right, to do business with you, right? If you're pigeonholed to the desk, that's not going to align with the business that you're trying to build. So you got to start to think of what the end in mind, like, what type of business do I want for myself? Do I want to be in the office all day, right? Do I want to have to, am I, do, I, do, I, do I not want to talk to people? Maybe I need to build a digital business. Maybe I need to package up my intellectual property, right? And sell that because I don't want to talk to people all day. Have you ever wondered what it would be like to have a personal financial advisor that you could ask questions to, to help you navigate, you know, spending decisions, help you, you know, figure out investments that make sense for you to help you achieve financial success? Well, you no longer have to wonder that because we created that inside the Melanin Millionaires Club with our flagship feature, Pocket Advisor. With Pocket Advisor, it's just like it sounds. You have an advisor right in your pocket where you can ask a real expert, real questions in real time to help you navigate your journey towards financial success. So if you want to learn more about that, click the link in the show notes, go to melaninmoney.com forward slash pocket advisor to learn how you can get an advisor in your pocket for less than $2 a day. Right. So you need to start to think about what type of business do you want? Now, the truth is, like I always say, business in life is like a stage play. So you might start one way, but as long as you have a plan to know that this is a season, because the truth of the matter is in entrepreneurship, service-based business is usually where a lot of people start because that's where you make the most money and it doesn't have to be so packaged up and refined because you're just literally delivering the, the product or service, right? Then over time, you package up that IP and then you can put it in a course, a curriculum, a framework, 
right? That you can sell at scale, right? But in the beginning, most people start, and it's a little bit different now in the digital age, but most people start with some type of service base, right? They're providing some type of service, some type of consultation, something. And then ever, over time, you're like, man, this ain't it. Like I got my call, my calendar got seven, seven hours of uh, meetings. Don't want to do it. And then you start to evolve and find out ways to scale your business through uh, packaging up your IP, right? But you want to think about that going into it. A lot of times people are like jumping in entrepreneurship because they hate their job and they're just trying to do something, right? Like you don't want to jump in your business and then hate your business, right? So think about it very, very thoughtfully. What do I want this to look like? How can I structure it in a way that's ideal for me so that I can actually enjoy what I'm doing? Because what I found is that in entrepreneurship, as you develop personally, which is another point, as you develop personally, what ends up happening is you start to learn things that you didn't know when you first started. And now you want to graduate from the way that you're doing things, right? And that's inevitable. So it's not like, even if you start with the end in mind, it's impossible to know exactly what it's going to look like three, four, five years from now, because one of the biggest things in entrepreneurship, I'll just go ahead and double up, is personal development, mm-hmm. right? And y'all can chime in on this, but like personal development, like you have to develop yourself because it's going to be hard. It's going to be like the game is going to be in your head. You're going to have days where you want to quit, days where you're thinking about going back to your job. The only thing that's going to keep you from doing that is self-development. You have to develop a new level of resilience, a new level of mental fortitude, because it's going to be difficult. You're going to have friends and family that can't relate, right? Mm. You're going to have to start to have people that are depending upon you. You're going to have ebbs and flows in your business. You're going to start to have uh, uh, imposter syndrome. A lot of shit is going to happen. And the only thing that's going to get you through that storm is personal development. The only thing that's going to get you from six to seven figures is personal development. The only thing that's going to allow you to lead a team successfully is personal development, right? That is probably the most important aspect of what we're talking about is investing in yourself to become a higher version of yourself because you can't evolve to the next level at the level that you're at now. You can't. And you're going to look back at the old version of you and you're going to realize that once you evolve out of that, right? So personal development is critical to an entrepreneur's journey. I think part of that personal development is your teachability index. How teachable are you? right? Like, are you willing to listen to what your therapist says? Are you willing to listen to what your family says about who you are as a person so that Mm -hmm. you can make those changes so that you can evolve, right? Like, that's a, that's a great point that you made about the evolution, right? You can't get to the next level of who you are by doing the same thing that you're doing right now. And I think the biggest part is honestly based on your teachability index, right? Like I've had clients that I've worked with where they just don't want to listen to you. And I'm like, what are you hiring me for? Why are you hiring me if you don't want to listen to anything that I say? You're not teachable. And then a lot of times you look back and you see, oh, they're stuck where they were because they weren't teachable at all. So in your guys' transition from employee to entrepreneur, focus on being teachable, focus on remaining curious. Because that, that's mm-hmm. going to that's gonna stick a lot of people. A lot of people who are looking at becoming entrepreneurs right now, if you're not teachable and you're not willing to adapt to the new technologies that are coming out every day, you're going to get stuck. Like you're going to get stuck. You're going to get left behind. So I think in that personal development, being teachable is like high, high up there. 
Yeah. Yep. I mean, I think it's simple. Like to, to make an above average income, you need to become an above average person. Right. So like mm-hmm. a books were my first mentor. That was my first personal development tool. So like the dope thing about entrepreneurship is you can read a book today. It can make you a thousand dollars tomorrow. You can read a book today. It can make you five thousand dollars tomorrow. If you right. read a book and try to implement something at your job, they might say no. It might take months. But with a business, you can learn a new concept. Boom. Implementing it right now. So I think personal development is, is, a, is a success hack on how to mm-hmm. exponentially grow your business and your success. Facts, facts, facts. Man. Um, that was good, bro. That, 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 I think that's good. You think so? I mean, we got, we got some more in the tuck. What do you think? I mean, like, it's up to y'all, bro. Like, I mean, the, the, the people need it, the people need it. Or we can break it up into two. It's up to you. No, I mean, I think, I think, I think inadvertently we kind of touched on a lot of the things that I would have liked to touch on. So I'm scouring my list, guys. If you don't y'all, mind, I'm just kind of looking over here, see what we got. Yeah, y'all, y'all drop something in the the comments if there's something more that you're looking for. But you know, we did get this five star review from Ron Ron seven eight six, who said, "Thanks for everything. I was able to make it to the live taping. Always very informative and full of actionable ideas. Big blessings to y'all for what y'all do. So we appreciate, appreciate you, Ron Ron. Shout out to you." Um, but let's leave them with like some actionable steps. Like we gave them some yeah. really good points. What's some actionable steps we should give? Absolutely. So, um, as we transition into that is one thing I think as a, as a married man who was dating in the very early phase of entrepreneurship, um, I think that this is one point I want to touch on really quick is set expectations with your loved ones, right? Mm-hmm. Set yeah. the proper expectations with your loved ones. Cause it's going to be different. So I actually was an entrepreneur just a few, probably six, seven months before I met Madge. Um, so we've been, we've been together for a long time. So, you know what I'm saying? Probably at this point, 11 years-ish. Um, and I told her, she'll tell you, no lie, no cap. We weren't saying no cap back then. But <laughs> I'm saying, um, what, what, what do people used to say before no cap? It was like, I don't know, something. Nah, I, I can't remember it. I used to remember it, but anyway. Real rap. <laughs> um, so I told him we first started dating. I was like, look, I just started in entrepreneurship. Um, I'm not in a position to like, you know, go out a lot, wine and dine. I'm a decent cook. More than happy to come over, hang out at the crib. Um, but it's not going to be a lot of that wine and dine and stuff. You know what I'm saying? I said it in a more in an eloquent way, obviously, but I set the tone up front so that she could make an informed decision if she was cool with that. You know what I'm saying? And if you're already in a relationship, if you're already married, like, you got to set those expectations. You got to say, hey, you know, maybe we're not going to be traveling as much in the first, you know, six months to a year. Like, because what you can't do is get mad at someone for something you didn't tell them they couldn't get mad at. Right. If you didn't set the expectation. So you got to set the expectation that this is the journey that we're, that we're going down. Are you cool with it? Are you OK with it? It's very, very important. One of my favorite mm. quotes, unarticulated expectations lead to premeditated resentments. Right. If you do not set that standard and not set that tone up front, just know that she's going to be looking, she or he going to be looking mm-hmm. at you funny with them Christmas gifts looking a little, a little skimpy. Uh-huh. Or, oh, like we used to go out to eat every Friday, man. Now you trying to, what's going on? You know, you trying to make hibachi at home. Like, you know yeah. what I'm saying? It's like, so set those expectations. You know, it said you should get a health checkup at least once a year. My question is, when's the last time you had a financial health checkup? My guess, it's probably been a while, and that's why we created the Wealth Health Score. Whether you're financially out of shape or financially elite, the Wealth Health Score is going to tell you exactly where you stand and what things you can do to get into the best financial health possible. So visit MyWealthHealthScore.com to get your score today. Yeah. 
You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so, and, and ladies, so ladies, don't stay down for the wrong one. Okay. Wow. <clears throat> I did that personal experience. Uh, stay down for the wrong one. I told him he owes me reparations. We're working uh, on How do you know <laughs> if it's the right or wrong one? Well, clearly, I don't know. No, I, I, I think you have to have, you have to know the right questions to ask. Like, mm-hmm. you just, anybody, like if you're dating and like your money is in the forefront, like building wealth is in the forefront of what you want to do, you have to learn to ask the right questions about the person. Mm-hmm. Um, because you need to know what they're trying to do, right? You have some people who are just stingy. Like they want to make hibachi at home for the rest of their life. And that's cool. But maybe you want to go out for hibachi every once in a while. You got to figure out, are y'all on the same page? Are y'all on the same trajectory? Are you agreeing that right now we're going to cook hibachi at home? And then, you know, later we're going to make it and we can go get hibachi. Like, I think you have to learn to ask the right questions. But yeah, don't stay down for the wrong ones, ladies. I think think we should do an episode. Yeah, I think we should do an episode on entrepreneurs, date employees and vice versa. I think that'd be Mm, good. That's heavy. That'd be a dope episode. And financial gender roles. Yeah, yeah, that's heavy. That's heavy because, like, one thing that I've learned too, it, it's something that it just it's inevitable in relationships. Gosh, like, but it will annoy you to no end when you tell your significant other something, and then they don't do it, and then they hear the exact same thing from someone else. Like, guess what? So and so told me, hey, I told you that three years ago. What are you talking about? What are we? What are we talking about? Yeah, right. Right. Those closest to the light often get blinded by it. Listen, everybody's ready to receive at a different time, right? That's true. No, that, no, that is that three years ago. That is 100% true, right? What, what, what I also learned is that you, you can't be your, your, your spouse's life coach. Like, like, like they have to evolve at the rate that they want to evolve at because what starts to happen it starts to change the dynamic. Right. It starts to change the dynamic. And it's like, you're trying to tell me what to do. You're trying to be my leader. And they just want you to be their lover. Right. Yeah. And so like you have to let them evolve how they ever want to evolve. But you have to now we venture into a whole other topics. But I was about to say we should we should really just do a next episode on like yeah, this yeah, whole yeah, thing yeah. we're talking about. Yeah, yeah. I'll finish yeah, this okay. we'll, go, we'll go, we'll go into okay. that. So, so, so basically you have to right. you have to go the same way you gotta start your business with the end in mind, you have to go in the relationship. Like the moment you decide to date that person, like who they are at that moment. Right. You have to technically tell yourself, I'm cool with that person because you can't guarantee a person's evolution. You can't. You might be thinking like, oh, we're going to just like organically like change and evolve. Like you technically have to be okay with that person at that point. Now, granted, if you're not married, you have the right to change your mind, you know, once you're, you know, once you're in the middle of it. But I'm just telling you guys, like, you got to like know that you're marrying somebody for who they are. And you're happy with that because if you're going into it like, oh, this person's okay now, but it's gonna be a passion project for me, and I'm gonna fix them up. Passion project. No, I'm just saying, I'm being real. Yeah, no, I mean, (laughs) more so with women than men. Yeah, right. More so with women than men. They're looking like they're marrying potential, they're dating potential, and then they're getting into it knowing that that person isn't who they need to be right now. Look, right. we're going to hash this out on the next episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I, I can so. see it. It's about to get deep. It's about to get deep. <laughs> yeah. but no, I, point, I, action items. Yeah, action <laughs> solid, <laughs> solid. Okay, so action yeah. items. I think everybody should go take the Meyer Briggs personality test, okay? And according to what George just said, you need to go take the relationship attachment style test as well, okay? Um, but no, realistically, I think everybody should go actionable items. Go take the assessment. 
right? Figure out where you are, figure out what your strengths are, your weaknesses are, you know, how you communicate, figure that out about yourself. You need to learn a lot about you, right? Then I need you to go pull your personal credit, see what that's looking like, okay? And Carter gave us the tips earlier on how to build that personal credit and build that business credit. So those are things that you need to do. Um, what else y'all add into the list? Speaking uh, of business go, credit, Carter, you just posted something like the other day, right? Like giving some people some hacks on business funding or something like that. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that um, you know, one major thing that thing that people can do is when they get that first business credit card, pay it off weekly, right? Because every payment you make on your business credit card is a payment experience. It doesn't work like personal credit. Personal credit, you pay your credit off once, pay your credit card off once a month, and you're good. The business credit, you can pay it off once a week, and those are four positive payment experiences you get. So you get four four positive payment experiences per month versus one, and this is how yeah. you rapidly grow that business um, yeah. uh, funding. But one thing I was I would say like go listen to all the previous episodes that we did about entrepreneurship, right? Like mm-hmm. go like before I started my my, my my business, I was blitzing through books. I want to learn from other people's mistakes before I have to make it to myself. So one thing you can do is go blitz through all the previous episodes that we ha- have around entrepreneurship to get you ready for the journey. Yeah. I mean, I think this whole episode was honestly like action items, right? We talked about yeah. like, you know, decreasing your expenses before you go into it. And Jacqueline talking about, you know, how to make good decisions so that you can have a softer journey. Um, but yeah, I would say um, set a, like set a target, right? Like, cause you can't hit what you don't see. So if you're, if you want to make that transition, number one, pick a date, right? Draw a line in the sand. that says by this date, I will be a full-time entrepreneur. Yeah, First and, and like, like make it within like the next like 24 months. Like we don't need to set these 15 year goals. 12 months. Yeah, 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 yeah. Next 12 and months. Hey, put a date on it because you're never going to be ready. It. You're never going to be ready. So like, it's just like, oh, I'm going to get, no, you're never going to be hundred percent ready. So pick a date, Yo, do it. I, I have a lady down. who hit me up on Instagram and she was like, I love everything that you talk about. She said like, I think in like 12 years, I'll be ready. Like, 12 wait, years? Might, you're not guaranteed to be here 12 years later. 12 she years? Was, she was serious. I was like, what? Do you know where I'm going to be in 12 years? <laughs> I don't even know I'm going to be in 12 years. I don't know if you're going to be able to catch me. I don't even know what the, like, what the world's going to look like, like, like in 12 years. <laughs> yeah, what you thought you wanted to do might not even be a valuable skill or business 12 years from now. Jesus I was Christ. like, what in the, yeah, so put a date on it and not 12 years, like. 12 months. They, they're, 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 they're giving y'all this aggressive, tw- I said, look, between 12 and 24 months, okay? There you go. 12 and 24 like, months, right? Pick a date. Maybe 2023 <laughs> is your, like, trampoline year like this is the year when you buckle down and figure out what you're going to do and exactly how you're going to do it you pull the trigger what's the correlation with trampoline <laughs> because Jumping you're making this it. transition you want a trampoline into entrepreneurship you don't want okay. to like a jump in with two feet like in yeah 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 jump in with okay. two feet in okay yeah. okay like, i think okay. it's trampoline might get a little bit more air than a springboard to be honest so you might get a little bit more you might get sure, a little bit more sure. air on I'm, the, you know yeah. that's why i haven't done the trampoline in a long time we should do we should find somewhere we can jump on the trampoline <laughs> exactly. um, I got a son, so take him I'm, oh, yeah. but yeah oh uh, yeah exactly yeah. He, he'll be ready he'll be ready next year he'll be ready he already <laughs> lord knows he is yeah. into everything now yeah um but uh another action item yeah, is um make a public declaration right um because you now will be able to attract the tribe the resources, the energy, the accountability of what you said that you're going to do because you get a chance to build out loud. This is the mistake that so many people make in their journey of anything. What happens is they are so busy trying to finesse and project a version of themselves 
that they want the world to see that they don't get a chance to actually celebrate the process because they've already forecasted that they got it all together. So it doesn't feel as significant when they actually make these accomplishments, right? Build out loud, be okay with who you are right now and be honest and be transparent because God and your friends and your family can't help you if you already acting like you got it all figured out. Yeah, you can't celebrate your you can't celebrate your first five figure month if you're portraying that you got you got a bag already. You can't exactly. celebrate like you know what I'm saying. Like, and a lot yeah. of people in the social media culture right now, like like that's what's happening because like you already acting like you you there and, and you not right. Yeah. The stats like the stats are real. You, you know, about like, a Rolex, so, so, you ain't had your first five K month yet. What you doing, boy? Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying. So it's just like you're 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 hindering your your ability to actually grow and find your tribe and find the people that can help you. Because you are trying to finesse where you actually are. So, so live in that vulnerability, right? It's the reason why people like Cardi B have had such great ascension because they just, she just popped on the scene. Like, Hey, this is where I met, you know, I, I, my teeth ain't all the way together. Like, like she has the permission to fail. She has the permission to be herself, but you don't give yourself that permission when you aim for perfection out the gate. Mm-hmm. Right. So make that public declaration and you'll be surprised at the support you attract, the tribe, the community that you attract. And if you're looking for a community, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Tap into the Melanin Millionaires Club. Mm, what a lay. What a lay. Lay. Right off lay, the bat. Lay. Okay. Uh, y'all, with this, I hope, I know y'all got plenty of uh, game this episode. Now go execute because the information is on us, but the execution is on you. So go execute. Let us know in the comments what's your first action item step. And we'll see y'all next time. All right. Peace. Peace. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to another episode of the Melanin Money Show. If you like this episode, please do us a huge favor. Leave us a five-star review. And if you're not already, subscribe to the podcast and share it with a friend because we're providing this valuable game so that you can level up as an aspiring melanin millionaire. Again, thank you for tuning in and we'll see you next week.